This is Unleash Africa, the place to find news and information about the growth and development of the countries in Africa. I'm your co-host, Zach Smith. Soon we'll be joined by our host, John Akile, author of Unleashed, a new paradigm of African trade with the world. In this episode, John provides a critique of African leaders and why he believes that they're to blame for the poverty that still plagues so many of African countries to this day. He provides examples and suggestions of what African leaders should do now and moving forward. Without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome, John. Hello, listeners. Uh, Welcome to another fantastic episode of um, Unleashed, Unleashed Africa podcast. Um, If this is your first time, you have to um, expand your horizon by going to unleashedafricantrade.com. Uh, By the way, I just want to uh, thank my co-pilot here, Zach, uh, for uh, the great introduction, always. Um, You know, we've been talking about governance competency. Uh, Just to give you an idea of what we're doing with this podcast, if you're new, those of you who've been uh, listeners, uh, truly understand the meaning of uh, of, uh, uh, the commitment to the improvement of the circumstances of African countries which is what we're doing here as we uh, promote UnleashAfricanTrade.com, uh, but also as we discuss the matters that we're discussing on the podcast. Essentially, what you have is a, uh, a podcast that is dedicated solely uh, to the transformation of the African continent. And how are we doing that? By sharing information. Knowledge, as they say, is power. Always. Knowledge is power. So we feel like by sharing information about the African continent and the challenges it faces and offering solutions, we empower African leaders to make the right choices. We we, we empower people in the uh, circle of government, in the halls of power in African countries, as well as the citizenry to understand the levers that are crucial and important uh, to the upliftment, uh, both economically of African countries. Uh, Make no mistake, in the year 2020, soon to be, you know, we're soon to fold, 2020 is winding down and soon to close, and we'll be in 2021. You, the, The world, since 1960, when African countries became independent, has seen a successful transformation of numerous countries that were once poor, in fact, poorer than African countries, um, have transformed themselves from poverty to prosperity. An example, and we've used these examples, um, Japan transformed itself from an agrarian uh, society to an industrialized society rising to become um, the number two industrialized country or the number two industrialized economy in the world until supplanted by China uh, in, in modern recent times. Um, Taiwan underwent the same transformation. Uh, South Korea underwent the same transformation. South Korea's GDP... 19, per capita GDP in the 
six, early 60s, 60, 61, 62, was uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of $100. That's $100 in 1960 to 62, somewhere in that range. And what is that number today? 30 plus thousand US dollars. So per capita GDP growth went from $100 to $30,000 where it is today. That's vivid transformation that one, you could plot it. You could literally plot it on a graph. The history is available for people who are searching. I have searched. I have numerous books uh, that I have uh, studied, including that by the originator of South Korea's um, uh, prosperity, uh, Park Chung-hee, the president, the original president of uh, South Korea, who basically instituted the, um, the economic strategy, the industrial strategy that has led to the uh, the prosperity of South Korea. And, you know, you can also study the history of South Korea before he took over, uh, which was a mess, right? South Korea was in a bad state when Park Chung-hee took over as president. And that history and the policies that, that undergird it is widely available. Anybody can read it. And African governments and African leaders should have devoured the before and after. What did uh, South Korea achieve before the emergence of uh, Park Chung-hee? And what happened with the emergence of uh, Park Chung-hee? So these are things that you can easily you know, research, you can easily study, and you, you don't need to, you know, to, to have a thousand, um, you know, conferences and uh, what have you. These are things that are easily available to anyone who is searching. Th these are not mysteries. You know, it doesn't take a whole, you know, a, a difficult, um, um, you know, process to analyze and arrive at the, what has led to the current uh, uh, South Korean prosperity. You know, um, Sigmund Rhee was uh, the president of South Korea before and during the uh, Korean War. And Sigmund Rhee was, you know, basically ran a very corrupt organization, a corrupt government. It was underpinned by import substitution industrialization. Had they proceeded on that road, has, had South Korea stayed on that course, they would be like African countries today. It, it's very easy to track. If Sigmund Rhee had stayed in power and people who believed and did the things that he did as president had stayed in power, then South Korea would be probably 5,000 uh, per, per capita GDP today. Without the emergence, uh, and what led to the removal of Sigmund Rhee? South Korean youth, students, 
got into the process and protested. Some lost their lives, but they riled the entire country of South Korea for change because the impact of the malfeasance of leaders first falls most heavily on the young. That's why they revolted. They went to the streets in massive protests against the government of Sigmund Rhee. And uh, Sigmund Rhee had no choice. Uh, Sigmund Rhee's people, because at that time he was really incapacitated in, 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 by illness, had no choice but to give in to the demands of, of, um, of the students. And in stepped in Park Chung-hee uh, um, in a coup. He executed a coup successfully and rather bloodless coup and took over in full glare of, our, of their American friends uh, who were watching. And, uh, you know, after the coup, Park Chung-hee was pr- persuaded to either trans, uh, turn over power to a civilian government, new civilian government by election, in which he can run himself, and which he did. He ran and won. But it's instructive. Had Sigmund Rhee's processes continued, had Sigmund Rhee's concept of governance continued, by, um, you know, the subsequent uh, ascension into power of people who believed in the same track of how to govern, you know, of how to, um, uh, of the policies to implement and use. South Korea would be a very poor country today. South Korea would be like, you know, for lack of a better, you know, Kenya, Uh, maybe Nigeria, maybe Nigeria. Because you have to remember, this country has no raw materials that they export in any significant quantities uh, to the rest of the world. They basically pull themselves up by their bootstraps, as they say. So let me let me let me phrase this. Let me put this in context. Let me let me outline and juxtapose the condition of this country and its emergence as a great industrial power, an economic power. The current uh, GDP of South Korea is north of, it's about $2 trillion, roughly, $2 trillion, okay? Uh, the GDP of Nigeria is in the $500 billion range, uh, you know, believe, somewhere around there, $500 billion. And South Africa, right? both of these countries, uh, the largest economies in Africa, in the 500 billion, these countries export, you know, Nigeria exports crude oil. Uh, uh, South Africa is one of the uh, most prolific exporters of gold, platinum, uh, and other uh, products. And they have, you know, fairly decent, uh, in the case of South Africa, population size and, you know, with access to labor um, since the uh, emergence of the ANC and uh, the black majority rule, you've got 
tons of free labor, I mean, uh, uh, cheap labor, right? Not free labor, but cheap labor. People who would work for the, for the opportunity to work. So what does South Africa, what can South Africa do? Of course, South Africa can implement uh, some of the strategies that other countries have used very successfully. Then you have Nigeria, the 800-pound um, gorilla uh, of labor in the African, in, on the African continent because Nigeria has 170-plus million people, for crying out loud. 170-plus million people, most of whom uh, you know, are in the workforce and um, idle. Okay, they, 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 they are either doing subsistence trading or, or, you know, have no work, basically. And what can Nigeria do? A lot. So let me juxtapose that situation with South Korea in the 1960s. South Korea in the 1960s, you know, the, the population was uh, roughly 20 million people. And, um, you know, the, the, the country had been ravaged by the Korean War. Um, so, you know, industries are, were just rebuilding after the Korean War, and uh, uh, they had no money, okay? They, they had aid uh, from the U.S. government that was limited. That aid had a sunset. So, you know, whatever you do at this point, you're not going to get any aid anymore, so you're on your own. You have this much time to fix yourself. And if you can't fix yourself, Sorry. You're out of luck. Uh, that, that's it. We're not giving you any more money after this point. So uh, when Park Chung-hee got into office, he looked at the environment, surveyed the economy, and realized they were in deep doo-doo. They were in deep, deep doo-doo. Okay? Uh, Donald Trump referred to African countries as uh, a-hole countries. Well, um, you know, South Korea was at that time an a-hole country, right? Totally, you know, in chaos, utter chaos, uh, in the worst possible state that they could have found themselves. And what did uh, Park Chung-hee do? Well, he listened to advice. And one of the, the advice that he got was from the founder of Samsung, which was at the time, um, you know, rice importer, a small company, but very familiar with the society, of the business environment of Japan, right? Now, just follow the linkages, okay? These are not complex things to, to imagine and to, to visualize and to see. So here's uh, the founder of Samsung, uh, very familiar with, uh, with uh, uh, the industrial processes, the economy of Japan. And um, so he has advice for um, Park Chung-hee. And the founder of Samsung, Lee Byung-chul, I may have mispronounced his name, but Lee Byung Chul was an enterprising guy, you know, uh, very enterprising because, you know, this is the time when the, the Japan and South Korea have always had a relationship. Japan colonized South Korea. So he's been 
going back and forth between the two countries, uh, conducting business. So he advised Park Chung-hee, hey, why don't we do um, export-oriented uh, industrialization? Why don't we export things? That could work. And Park Chung-hee considered it and decided to flip the economy, the entire economy, which at the time was embedded in import substitution industrialization, which, by the way, most African countries are running, right? Import substitution industrialization that has failed everywhere else. Guess who's grabbed onto that? Like their life depends on it, African countries. Import substitution industrialization is the concept that you can bring manufacturing in to replace the things you are importing and thereby save yourself foreign currency. It has not worked. We'll dedicate our next uh, podcast to the concept of import substitution industrialization and why it does not work and why it will not work and why it will never work. And, you know, ask the, you know, million-dollar question. Why are Africans doing it? Even in the face of examples that it doesn't work and will not work. Why? Why are we doing stuff that's not going to work? It's never worked. So that's for the, for the future. But to the point I'm making right now, Park Chung-hee flipped the entire economy from import substitution industrialization to export-oriented industrialization. And they girded that policy with a that strategy, rather, with policies. Policies with teeth. It was, it, it probably remains one of the most, well, maybe, you know, with, with exception of China or China's move to capitalism, it remains one of the most all-encompassing implementation of interventionist policies by government, right? Government interventionists, interventionists. And the concept of government interventionism is rooted in the fact that governments can come in and, you know, in one case, pick winners. Uh, in other cases, implement direct policies that are industrial policies so that their economy can grow. So South Korea is a capitalist country that has blended the process of interventionism to achieve a $2 trillion economy. The most crucial and the most important element in the industrialization of South Korea has been the influence of uh, U.S. economic um, um, policy uh, and copying some of the elements of, um, of the U.S. economy. That has been one of the most important elements of South Korea's um, ascent into prosper economic prosperity. It is very important to stress some of the steps that led to the South Korea that we all see today. By flipping to export-oriented industrialization, they proceeded to change the way in which South Korea derives income. That's the key. So instead of 
following a policy where they found themselves being drained of hard currency continuously, they flipped to a policy that was outward looking that started to grow the income of South Koreans constantly and effectively for now over many decades. We don't have South Korea today if we did not have the flip from export oriented from import substitution industrialization to export oriented industrialization. We don't have it. You know, we, we want to talk um, about some of the concrete steps that were taken in future um, broadcast podcasts. Some of the clear and distinctive steps. Because what you have on the African continent today is a mishmash of uh, uh, economic policy and development policy that in some ways are conflicting and in other ways are futile, like ex- the uh, concept of import-oriented uh, industrialization. Um, and I've, you know, I've talked about uh, the fact that it hasn't worked anywhere Yet Africans cling to this strategy. Import substitution industrialization, or ISI, has failed in South America because and here's the key. Guess who started to who brought that about? These were, you know, South American economies that were trained by the World Bank. And the fact that it failed throughout South America, and some of the examples are what we're dealing with today with the chaos in a number of South American countries. It's failed in all African countries. Yet, there you have Africans still pursuing this strategy. So we want to isolate elements of futility that Africans have clung to and then look at the opportunities that are available for Africans to actually emerge with better policies for the future growth and prosperity of African countries. Thank you for staying with me today and I look forward to having you on the next podcast at unleashafricantrade.com. Thank you so much. Like us and subscribe to the newsletter. Certainly subscribe to the podcast feed and look forward to seeing you, to hearing you again or having you again, rather I say, at the next episode of Unleash Africa podcast. Thank you for listening to this month's podcast. Please visit us online at unleashafricantrade.com slash podcast and stay up to date with all of our latest episodes so you can hear unique, exciting, and transformative ideas about trade between African countries and the world. The Unleash Africa podcast is produced every month. It serves as a continuing conversation about African countries as a viable trading partner in the global economy in order to add jobs, increase wealth, and promote understanding between Africa and the world. Show notes for today's podcast can also be found at UnleashAfricanTrade.com. There you can follow John and the Unleash Africa podcast team on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. You can also purchase John's book, Unleashed, A New Paradigm of African Trade with the World. Get automatic updates by adding the Unleashed Africa podcast to your favorite RSS feed or podcast client such as iTunes, Stitcher or follow us on SoundCloud. Join us next month for another episode of Unleash Africa. Until then, 
live well, and be prosperous. And check us out at UnleashAfricanTrade.com.